we're very funny and this is a funny podcast and people love us. I'm just going to edit until we're funny. We're go. Oh, thank God. Thank God. MR is. Oh, really? You were not I, previously aware. No, I assumed it was some kind of sexual depravity. I mean, and, it's and not. And I was right. Not was right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I watched an hour of a, a Swedish man whisper while he drew a map of Westeros. Oh, actually, that sounds really good. It, it was actually super relaxing. I didn't get any tingles. Mm-hmm. But there were some other ones. I listened to a, a Scottish guy. Describe the plot of Big Trouble in Little China in a whisper. <laughs> Actually, that sounds like I would want to do. I like that. I need to please send me that link at the end of this because I'm going to. I found it deeply unnerving. <laughs> was it because he was Scottish or because of the plot of Big Trouble in Little China? It was it was that he was whispering. He started out by describing the packaging of the DVD. <laughs> whisper. <laughs> It was really, really alarming. Oh. All right. You want to introduce what we're going to do here? Today? Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is uh, Lincoln and Wells, uh, the Lincoln and Wells podcast. You are here for episode, episode five, big, big episode five. Um, we are uh, going to give you today um, a version of the show, which is where um, we're talking about just sort of weird Gothic news in the world. I'm uh, calling this, I'm calling this everything is Gothic. Because that's uh, kind after, of your, your tagline. Yeah, yeah. I have a defunct uh, Facebook group called Everything is Gothic that people join every day still. I still – every day someone joins it and it's like I haven't posted uh, well, in two years. A defunct, a defunct Facebook group that people still try to join is the most gothic kind of Facebook group. That's true. That's true. So yes, this is Everything is Gothic. This is your – your your news of of the the gothic and the macabre and the and the strange, yeah. We're just going to talk about them, and uh, I have not. I don't know what Ben has chosen. Ben doesn't know what I've chosen. Hmm. Oh, Which and just I guess stuff? we should we should be clear. Gothic is uh, a fucking mess. Like, what is gothic? Uh, as a gothic scholar, I can tell you. Oh, it's too many things. So you know, don't don't add us about what real gothic is. Uh, Sirs and madams. This is actually, I think, what what inspired this uh, on Ben's end. And this is about a Canadian crow that stole a murder weapon from a crime scene. I have not read this, so I need you to read okay. this to me. All right. So um, this is this is from the Washington Post. With the article, The Odd Story of a Crow That Meddled in a Crime Scene by Stealing a Knife. A very strange crime scene played out in Vancouver, British Columbia this week. It involved more than 20 police officers, a man accused of wielding a knife, and a crow seen stealing the knife. A police statement said a man confronted officers with a knife. He was then treated for gunshot and knife wounds that were not life-threatening. So, like... They've skipped the part where the police shot him, A, because that's part of what happened. And B, he was wielding a knife, but also ended up with knife wounds. 
So, so that that is all confusing at first, but then we get to so that's the, gothic. Unexplained injuries is definitely unexplained, gothic. Yes, yes. But then we get to the point where, um, oh god, there's a lot of crow puns in here that I'm just gonna skip. There was no murder, and there was no murder of crows, but there was one crow. I said I would just skip it, but I had, but it's ugh, just imagine that that's every other line in here. Oh, I love that. Uh, one crow witnesses said it swooped down and used its claws to pick up the knife and then flew away. One of the officers on the scene, in quotes, was forced to chase down the bird, which dropped the knife a few feet later and also tried to make off with a pair of eyeglasses in the lot and steal gear belonging to a television camera operator. So. This is just a kleptomaniacal crow on a bender right now, but it stole the knife that the man had. And then then we get to like the real payoff of the story, which is that this is a very famous crow. Sherlock uh, Crow? Sherlock Crow. A red plastic band around its left leg quickly identified it as East Vancouver's most famous crow, Canuck. Canuck has a Facebook page devoted to him and more than 14,000 followers as of Thursday night, as well as Holy starring roles in a few YouTube videos. Holy shit. The most yeah. famous crow in East Vancouver? Yep. Yep. I should have done well, that West Vancouver before. has like 20 celebrity crows. I That's, mean, it's true. It's true. Did the crow do it? Did the crow stab the guy? Or I was mean, he trying to solve it? I think end of the line, end of the day, like I prefer Detective Crow over Crow Conspirator. But now that I've just said Crow Conspirator. I'm trying to decide if he's Crow Detective or Crow Criminal. Or Criminal, as, as, as it were, yes. I mean, the mysterious stab wounds at the beginning, the knife wounds that the, the, the guy wielding the knife had, I think have to have been caused by this crow. That seems obvious to me now in retrospect. This crow was famous for falling out of a nest and then imprinting on a guy uh, who put a camera on it. So it was not. Oh, God. He, known, made, hmm? he, made the, he made the guy his slave. He made, he made the guy his slave. Um, and that guy stabbed this guy. Yeah. The, the crow yeah. just whispers in his ears. Um, so Sean see, Bergman. See that man over there. <laughs> it's a little it's an ASMR voice. <laughs> see that man over there. This you is an ASMR podcast for people who enjoy crow crime. Um, but this is a crow crime po- podcast. A yes. prestige crow crime. True crow crime. <laughs> so Sean Bergman is the owner of this crow. And Sean, Sean Birdman? Ber- Bergman. Bird, uh, Birdman. Sean, Bird, Bird, Sean Birdman, um, who... Uh, like really elides the sinister crow whisper aspect by saying, for some reason he just imprinted me as a best friend. Uh, uh, also, this, uh, do you think, do you think it's like a let the right one in situation where he's like giving the crow blood transfusions and stuff? Trying to like make a, make a man crow. No, just that he's uh he's in the thrall of this crow. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna leave that alone. I truly believe <laughs> that this man is serving this crow. I think that's true. I mean, given given that we have invented crow vending machines to feed crows in exchange for goods and services, we are definitely doing the crow's labor now. Like, we are helping the crow society along, and this man is just, like, the vanguard of it. He's been ensorcelled to serve this crow, and, and others will follow. Um, oh, also, because we they refer to uh, Canuck as a he, though his gender is not known, Bergman said he's going to send feathers to a DNA lab to settle the matter. 
Of um, his gender? The matter of his gender? The, the matter of Canuck's gender, yes. Will be determined by, by sending feathers to a lab. Um, so a crow has, like, dick feathers or something? I, I guess a crow has dick feathers. Uh, which may also be the episode title, uh, Dick Feathers, because we need that. We need our moms to experience that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, before his cameo at the crime scene, the Corvid had been known for. Oh, OK, here's where here's where it goes wrong. Attacking a cyclist. Riding the train. Commuting inside cars with people. Attending horse races and and this is the most mysterious helping in gardens no further information on that last one attacking a cyclist riding a train com- communing or it doesn't say commuting it says communing inside cars with people so you said attacking a cyclist and ri- riding on trains riding on trains and so not paying the fare he's not a, paying he's the a, fare. a turnstile so jumper yeah he's a he's a he's a he's a dodger but also okay so they say communing inside cars with people see this like that supports yeah. my, my thesis that he he's yeah, communing he's, he's bringing more people under his thrall right he's, uh, he's holding séances in their cars while they're just trying to get to work then okay attending horse races <laughs> does he wear a little hat and that one's not hyperlinked, but I assume I assume so. Um, there is like though not, video not, of him not interfering with horse races, like I don't know, landing on the horses while they're in the starting gate and pecking them or something. Just attending, just he attending. Just, right, he shows yeah. up and takes a seat. Yeah, attacking Maybe a cyclist, or, orders a mojito yeah. or a mint a mint julep. Uh, the only drink of, of horse racing that I know. Uh, I mean, he's not fixing horse races. At least there's that. Um, and then the, the, la- the, yeah, the last thing is also, and helping in gardens again, not hyperlinked. So I have no idea what that means, but it sounds pretty sinister for someone who's already elided a gunshot and a knife wound from, from their article, helping in gardens takes on a very sinister, a yeah, very sinister aspect. Yeah. Helping bury bodies in gardens. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's, and then, um, just uh, shoveling out the dirt with his little crow beak. Yes. Oh God. Oh, can you just, uh, can you imagine just, I don't want to see a crow eat dirt. I don't know why, but that just struck me as very upsetting. Very, just deeply un- unpleasant. I, Ooh, 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 I've got like the bad tingles. I don't know. Oh, Sorry, sorry. It just oh, it really got me. It gave you the opposite of ASMR. Yeah, yeah. RMSA. RSMA ZSMR. The forbidden. The forbidden tingles. Oh no, we can't call it that. That's sorry. That's done. that's your episode. Time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. But he seems to have also developed a bit of a darker streak, says Bergman. He's been known to steal keys and so on. And then he enters the home late at night and stands at the foot of the bed. And then the rest of the... <laughs> Sorry, I almost you hear his, that. Yes. You, you yes. hear his crow voice in your mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Telling you who to kill with a steak knife. Help me bury that body! <laughs> Put it all kill, on daddy's little girl! Kill your parents! <laughs> 
Uh, the article then kind of just goes off the rail where it's like talking about the intelligence of crows and they talk to Kevin J. McGowan, a crow expert at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, uh, where they start talking about crow folklore and crow manipulation. Basically, the rest of this is just propaganda for why the crows are going to take him. I assume the expert just his, – his, his quote is just one word, just run. Yeah, yeah. Yes, just get out while you can. You, you don't know what you're messing with here. um oh oh here we get an explanation bergman said he named the crow canuck with the approval of his landlord's son because he wanted an ultra canadian moniker that all canadians could get behind his son is his landlord no his landlord's son apparently was involved in the the, yeah (laughs) his son who is also his landlord (laughs) That's a good. That was. A, that's a better story. I thought I maybe. Yeah. I thought maybe inheritance. Thought maybe inheritance worked differently in Canada. Those fucking crazy Canucks with their backwards inheritance and their and their crow whisper masters. Okay, but I found the website Wake Up Goth. Okay. It's about goths, not the gothic. So there's a, a blog post, and uh, it says, the, the title is, The Types of Beards You Will See on Gothic Men. <laughs> okay, all right. There's a photo of a guy in Ray-Bans with plugs in his ears. It seems that beards are once again very much in vogue among men. <laughs> Okay, so that's that's just a wild alien first sentence. Like, no human being has ever said that. Yeah, well, just buckle up. Oh, God. Growing facial hair, of course, has always been popular amongst certain types, but it really seems to have exploded. <sighs> and the general public reaction seems to have been good. You're, this was written by an alien. <laughs> yes. This was written by an alien, um, you know, ethnographer. An alien ethnographer from a, from a hairless species. When you go out to goth events or go to goth stores, you are likely to see many different men with beards. <laughs> well, now it's moved into like film strip territory. Like... Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, other than the first type, of course, and now we get into the taxonomy of bearded mm, goth uh-huh. men. Yeah, yeah. The clean-shaven goth man. Ah, okay, that's a very important category of bearded goth man is the the man with no hair. These goths have bucked the current trends and have Mm. decided that they much prefer the clean look, so completely shaven without even a single trace of hair. Smooth goths, if you will. Frictionless goths. (laughs) What What are these goths likely wearing? Probably elegant clothing. Think of a nice gothic shirt and coat. <laughs> or, maybe, or, maybe, or maybe the standard band-style jeans and t-shirt. I, I, I don't see, like, pirate coat with, like, brass buckles listed, which is what I, I see most goths at my local clubs these days wearing, so... No, you just think of a nice gothic shirt and coat. What's so hard oh, yeah, about yeah. that? No, fair enough, fair enough. I'm... with cathedrals and shit on it I yeah, guess. yeah 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 next we have the starting out to grow goth guy oh so these are not stages of these, these are stages of beard not types <laughs> this is the 
This is the process of what beards look like in different states of. It's, of the- it's essentially the aging process. <laughs> the facial oh, hair, yeah. the facial hair hasn't been defined by anything yet. It's just there, growing. Maybe after. <laughs> Creeping, lurking, festering just beneath the surface. Maybe after three days of goth, or if the goth man is really unlucky with his hormones, full months. Okay, okay, we got <laughs> one more time. That I one more time. All right, here's that whole sentence. All right, it's just there, growing. Maybe after three days of goth. Or if the goth man is really unlucky with his hormones, full months. <laughs> so first of all, did he mistype goth instead of growth? After three days of goth. It's impossible to know. <laughs> like, but it, I choose to read oh. it as everything here was intentional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's been out gothing for three days, which promotes, promotes hair, as we all know. He's been on a three-day goth kick and holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. And he and this one, this one's spiky, sticky things coming out of his face. Oh, that Just is like mom is, said they would. Yeah. <laughs> it's metal as fuck. Although it may look quite well, for lack of a better term, ugly. He is still to be pitied and admired. <sighs> it's quite hard after making the decision to grow facial hair to stick with it until such a moment as you can be proud of the new growth. Oh. After all, if you get a mark on your face, such as a pen mark. The temptation is to get it off of your face as soon as possible. So this this person is just coming to understand like what what hair is generally. Like not even that beards are a thing, not even like what humanity is, but like oh and and to understand what it is to be marked. To oh, be different. Yeah. I mean it's an important part of, of goth culture, right? To to be seen as the exactly. outcast. Exactly. So to even though it that, is Quite ugly. Keep, here's, what, here's how he finishes this. He or she, I have no idea who this is. To keep that mark on your face that ruins your appearance for a while takes a bit of courage. Yes, it does. Oh. It takes courage to be a goth. Oh, man. And especially to be a goth with a beard that is in between smooth and extant. We actually take a huge fucking leap right oh, here. Oh, no. Okay. To- the unkempt beard. Mm. The lumberjack look. <laughs> Those when, goth lumberjacks out there. An axe over his shoulder and black fingernails. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Choker. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I do want a plaid choker, though, with like little, little, uh, little pewter studs in it. I, I'd be on board for that. Anyway. The lumberjack look, when the guy probably looks in the mirror every day, thinks, I should really trim this, decides otherwise, and has been doing this for the last five years of his life. So <laughs> we just fast forwarded five years, five years of goth. Well, but if he's, unl- this guy now. if he's unlucky with his hormones. This is typically followed in the goth circles with a fashion of black hoodies or sometimes even Viking-like clothing. Uh. Those Viking lumberjacks. I, yeah, I remember them well. That's just like from The Crow 4, right? Where the crow gets reincarnated as a lumberjack in the Pacific Northwest this time. Is this because uh, 
Canuck the Crow reanimated Brandon Lee's corpse and Ooh, oh oh God apologies to the Lee family but <laughs> yes I think that's exactly it All right the trimmed goatee wearer mm, okay this is the guy who makes sure that his cheeks are perfectly shaved, but has instead decided to grow a vertical shaft of hair somewhere around his chin. Okay. okay somewhere. Okay. Somewhere. In the vague neighborhood of his chin. A vertical shaft. Uh, a vertical shaft of hair. Like a perfect glassy shaft of onyx, onyx beard hair. Yeah. Des- descending from somewhere near his chin. Somewhere in the vicinity of his chin. It's chin adjacent. Unless he's unlucky with his hormones, in which case it could be anywhere. And speaking of that, we come to the final category, the dreaded beard goth. Okay, so these previous goths were acceptable? I think, I think maybe I'm supposed to read this as the dreaded beard goth. The dreaded oh, beard. Oh, okay, okay. There we, I see, I see. As in, it's become dreadlocks because it's been... Mm. just neglected for well i don't know i'll read this description see what you can make out of this alien language sure the amount of braids that has been done on their hair should depend on a number of factors but really comes down to two main ones how many beard beads they have been bothered to buy (laughs) that's a lot of alliteration for a, a sentence about beads beading how many beard beads they have been bothered to buy Oh, say that but, as but, fast as you can. Yeah. How many that's... how many beard beads they have been bothered to buy in Bangkok? And, and how much hair they have managed to grow from their testosterone. <laughs> 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 See, we all we all have a reservoir of testosterone inside of us, and when oh. we squeeze it really hard, then hair yeah. is forced out of our pores. Oh Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, so I will say that as someone who has been taking testosterone supplements, I don't know if we've talked about this before. We, we have. Okay. Not on the podcast. But. No, no. But, but as someone who takes testosterone supplements, there was like a weird part of my brain that was like, I got to switch off because uh, it's a topical uh, 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 thing that gets absorbed through the skin um, of like, I got to switch off where this is because I don't want to just grow hair in that one spot. <laughs> and and like no matter how many times in my head I can say that's that's medically very wrong, um, <laughs> I just keep thinking like oh gotta do the other gotta do the other arm today. You're gonna have like just one spot on your chest that's like a golf green. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. I really like that this guy, this blogger, is putting beards on blast despite the fact that he just know he's just found out what they are. Like, the knowledge-to-horror ratio is really, really quick. Real quick turnaround there. Did you hear about the Ladybugs? Mm, The movie with Rodney Dangerfield? No. So this is from yesterday. Mm Mm-hmm. In the LAist. Ooh, Okay. Last night at around 9.30 p.m., the meteorologist on the evening shift at the National Weather Service station just north of San Diego saw a strange weather pattern on the radar. He thought it was a large rain cloud, but upon closer inspection, it didn't look like regular old precipitation, more like a mass of tiny flying dots. 
So we called up one of the weather spotters, blah, blah, blah. He informed us that the mass was, in fact, a 10-mile-wide swarm of ladybugs. Jesus Christ. So the Midnight Riders in red were flying at heights of 5,000 to 9,000 feet, which is insane to me. Ladybugs can fly 5,000 feet high, 9,000 feet high? God, that is that is really, that is, I mean, that's terrifying. Like, think of the velocity they could get diving from that height. Oh, my God. The uh, National Weather Service dubbed it a bloom. Oh, no. <laughs> and then there's a radar picture. It's like they're covering Southern California from the border up to Barstow. <laughs> so are they moving north because Canuck the Crow has willed it so? Canuck the Crow has summoned his army. God, God. Well, here's so... the scariest part. All right. But by this morning, the blob had vanished like a ghost mm. ship or Moby's book tour huh, because he lied, <laughs> about, lied about dating Natalie Portman. Um, where did they go? The horde of insects either landed or flew out of range. <laughs> <laughs> where, out they, of range. <laughs> where did they go? Either, either our equipment isn't good enough or they're on the ground. Either way. They went we, somewhere where the, the U.S. military cannot track them. <laughs> where did they go? Not our problem, said the <laughs> U.S. military service. <laughs> Above our pay grade. <laughs> I, think, I think it's like the Millennium Falcon. Like they've, they've latched on to the, you know, inside of our sensors. Right, and, right. Uh, and then uh, they're just going to float away with the rest of the garbage. Oh, and I'm, but, I'm, um, I'm just seeing this too. There's now just also like a slow motion video of its wings unfolding. Yeah. Which is horrifying. It's very bad. You can see it's like rib structure. Yeah. Like um, why was that so hot when it was Kate Moss and so horrifying when it's a, when it's an insect. But he says, uh, this uh, weather guy or whatever says, maybe they went to Mexico. <laughs> so maybe they just, you know, we just lost them cause they, they went south of the border where we don't have jurisdiction. Oh. They're, they're cooling their heels. No Ooh. wall. No wall can keep them out. God, that's why we need a laser wall to keep out nine miles of ladybugs. This is, this is, what, this is what Infrastructure Week should have been about. No bug is illegal, though. No, I mean, yes. Very, guys, no bug is illegal. I can't. I still, I'm having trouble wrapping my brain around that. Yeah, that's like, it's. Just nine, wall-to-wall ladybugs for, for 10 miles? Nine, like, like, yeah, 10 miles of people. That's real bad. Well, and they're flying at 5,000 feet, so if it had been daytime and they'd passed over, they would have blotted out the sun. That is true. That is true. Is that an eclipse? No, that's just the 10 miles of ladybugs that periodically crest our horizons, signaling ill. So I guess what we're saying is watch out eastern Vancouver. Because they're coming for you. And, and we can't stop them. With all the powers of the U.S. military, we were unsuccessful. So hide. No, hide I mean, we, we, didn't even, we didn't even know they were there until it was too late. That's, that's true. That's true. on a real light one yeah let's end on a real light one 
This is uh, this is from PR Newswire. All right. BYU TV renews Dwight in shining armor for seasons three and four. Now, I don't know about you, but I missed seasons one and two of Dwight in Shining Armor. I, I definitely missed seasons one and two of Dwight in Shining Armor. Is that a spinoff of uh, uh, When Calls the Heart? Or uh... Well, it's on, let me just say this again. It's sorry, on yes. BYU TV. Oh, I'm so sorry. I missed that. Yeah. I missed the most important part of that. It's on BYU TV. So we're talking BYU TV renews Dwight in Shining Armor for seasons three and four. It's a, I mean, it's the double renewal that shows some real confidence on the part of BYU TV. So I had to go back and find uh, last year's press uh-huh. release about um, BYU TV begins production on original scripted adventure comedy series Dwight in Shining Armor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, let's talk about it. Season one of the thirty-minute adventure comedy series takes place in a suburban town where Dwight. A 21st century teen falls into an ancient underground chamber and lands lip to lip with Greta, a gothic princess who has been magically sleeping for a thousand years. Okay, I'm back in. Dwight's quote unquote kiss awakens Greta, her court magician Baldrick, as well as scores of medieval villains and makes Dwight her de facto champion until her hordes of enemies are defeated. Oh my God. Oh, my God. I've just gone to the Dwight and Shining Armor um, homepage. There is definitely a character on this name, Schlodwig. Say it C-H- again. There's a character on this name, Schlodwig. C-H-L-O-D-W-I-G. Schlodwig. Schlodwig. Well, I clicked on his character page, and it's just a larger picture of the thumbnail. That's it. That's he's probably he's probably um, he's probably gothic princess Greta's uh, food taster. Oh, oh, okay. That's that. Yeah, 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 I could see that. Yeah, the cast seems to be Dwight, Greta, Baldrick, Schlodwig, and Hexala. Uh, and in the picture, Hexala is just a woman dressed in what looks like a a like bad last minute Halloween. I'm dressed as a, as a witch costume <laughs> holding a unicorn skull. Our latest original scripted series, Dwight in shining armor is a wait, contemporary. Our, wait, 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 our latest. Oh there's, yeah. There's more than one scripted series on BYU TV. Oh, BYU TV is all about it. Hold on. We'll, we'll get there. All right. Uh, all right. Um, our latest original scripted series, Dwight in Shining Armor, is a contemporary fish-out-of-water comedy and a suspenseful adventure comedy show. So they Ooh, use comedy so twice. Two different kinds of comedy yeah. being combined for the first time. As we continue to expand our scripted development, we are pleased to offer such an appealing show for the entire family that both young people and their parents will find compelling and relatable. Well, okay. obviously. Yeah. I have a problem, yeah. which is that... I watched the the trailer for this, mm-hmm. and literally the premise starts with a sexual assault. Dwight oh, falls oh no. through the ground. Uh huh. He he lands. I mean, he face plants right onto Greta, and I'm pretty sure tongue kisses her. Oh. It might just be gravity, but you know, she did not give her consent. Right, right. But it is family fun. 
It is okay. I I'm gonna really quickly watch this trailer. I, I think I think I need to do that. All right. So, okay. All right. So, yes, it definitely begins with a weird sexual assault. Also, everyone on this show is much younger than I thought they'd be. Like, Dwight and Greta, they might not be 12, but they really look 12. Yeah, so here's what they say. In this story of two worlds colliding, Mm. Greta Greta and Baldrick come from a rough and tough gothic war zone. They have no way of understanding 21st century manners or political climate. And they're not really interested in adapting. They've got bigger concerns because all the problems from their world have followed them here. Dwight, on the other hand, fits perfectly in the 21st century. He's the model Generation Z kid. What do you think they're going to say here? Oh, no. He likes to eat ass? Like, that's most of what I know about Gen Z. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Here's what they say. Sensitive open-minded, health-conscious, responsible, non-confrontational, all the qualities that Greta's world associates with sniveling weakness. Oh, God. God. He seems seems like the least equipped person to fight off Greta's horde of enemies, and he's not really interested in becoming a rough-and-tough champion. If he has to do this job, he's going to do it his way. Oof. By eating ass. By eating ass. I I have one big problem in the description, and that is, or you know, twenty first century political climate, because that feels like it's not just you know they've talked about like oh you're, you're you know the the, I assume like not cutting people in half with a sword and you know being polite, but like can BYU TV really handle a show about like our modern political climate as told from the perspective of an ass eating Gen Z? Hero who who begins the show by sexually assaulting a gothic princess from a rough and tumble world. Uh, I think you just answered your own question. Yeah, I did. I did, and I'm definitely going to watch all. So here, are, two seasons. Yeah. Well, now, yeah, you'll have three and four to look forward to. But um, they just got the green light from uh, the angel Maroni. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> is that his name um i believe it's moroni which sounds a little better than moroni um if if the like angel was moroni yeah if, if it was moroni was definitely just some guy hiding hiding in in joseph smith's barn um <laughs> my name is moroni i uh yeah i'm an angel What's it to you? Yeah. Do you want to know what other shows BYU? I do. Has? Oh, holy fuck, I do forever. They provide families more than 1,700 hours of entertaining and compelling programming. Um, in a day? In addition to Dwight in Shining Armor, in which the Middle Ages meets Middle America. Uh, Ooh, politics. Take them to come up with that. Yeah, no kidding. Politics. BYU TV's original programming slate includes the long-running sketch comedy series Studio C. Oh, man. I really don't want to know what Mormon sketch comedy is like. I feel like it must be either the worst or greatest thing anyone could ever do. Like, 
if you cannot go to the terrible, you know, tried and true wells of like sex and violence and drug humor, which is, you know, what most sketch shows are about, what fantastical places must you go? Like when those are denied to you, what is that nth dimension of imagination? It's like the Wordsworth sonnet where the limited form produces the greatest creativity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. So they've got Studio C. They've got Relative Race, the, oh. first, the first family history-based competitive reality show that follows four <sighs> teams. No, this is... Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. It follows, <laughs> follows Relative- four teams... <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, just re- relative race. Sorry, relative I'm race like, could have gone so many other different ways. <laughs> Follows four teams as they meet relatives linked by DNA for the first time in a race throughout the United States. Holy shit. Oh my that God. could turn out so badly. Oh. Like when you meet your uh the descendants of the slaves you owned. Oh God. Okay. You took it to the <laughs> worst imaginable place, but yes, I'm here for that. Yes. You could, you could meet your birth family, but either way, the first thing you're going to do is go on a cross country race with them. That is competitive. Then there's a uh, random acts. <laughs> wait, wait, is that a- AC? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> random AX would be much better. <laughs> But no, it's ACTS, uh, an unscripted, yeah. an unscripted hidden camera reality show that highlights the altruistic nature of human beings by featuring real people who are the recipients of random acts of kindness. Okay, that sounds okay. Cool. So it's like the inverse of a uh, of a of like to catch a predator or um, yeah. What would you do? Yeah. Uh, pretty much any uh, mean spirited hidden camera show that's ever existed. Yes. And then finally, we have the new cooking competition series, Dinner Takes All. (laughs) (laughs) They're really into into bad puns. Yeah, yeah. Dinner Takes All, you'll be surprised to hear, is all about food. Mm. Oh, food, family, and fun. Oh. But it's got a good name and a good pun in the name, so... Yeah, they don't actually say... I mean, it must be competitive, right? Maybe the families from relative race... God, maybe they eat each other. Oh, oh God. You think it could be a cannibalism thing? Oh, I mean, you know, it, it, would, be, it would be fitting for this episode if, if it was. In an exciting series that combines a cooking competition with a game show, two families face off cooking their very best meals before the clock ticks down while periodically getting interrupted to play delicious and devious games. Ooh, that sounds pretty spicy. Yeah. When the families present their meals, the judges will have to decide which dinner takes all and who will be going home with $10,000. So um, one one person wins, and then they pay the other people ten thousand dollars to leave. I mean, I I, I guess so. That's I mean, kind of how that reads to me. Um, do all the wives get to participate, or is it just <laughs> is it just the you one? To, oh, that's what it is. The wife who cooks <sighs> the best dinner gets to be top wife. Yeah, yeah. I I want to know more how that works. It occurs to me that relative race could get a lot more complicated if you're talking about polygamist families. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. That is, look, so 
scrap everything. Our new podcast is a BYU TV uh, recap show <laughs> where we're just going to dive into all of BYU TV's best products and tell you about them and then get like unironically interested. Yeah, I'm a little afraid that that could happen. Are you my Dwight in shining armor? <laughs> I don't think you'd be opposed to being a sister wife. No, no. I think actually would take a lot of the pressure off. Yeah, sounds kind of nice in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. We uh, we've thoroughly alienated our Mormon audience. Yes, yes. This, this is this is. Uh, we are sorry if you're a Mormon or if you're from the family of that cannibal, or <laughs> sorry that non-cannibal, or if you are Sean Bergman. <laughs> we know we alienated you by insinuating that you are nothing more than a puppet that connect the crow speaks through. Sean Birdman. Sean <laughs> Sean Birdman. Bergman, <laughs> as, as he's known among the crows. Maybe that's our, maybe that's our, we've been looking for a sign off. Maybe every sign off is just an apology. This has been Lincoln and Wells and I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm Tyler Dean. I'm Ben Miller. And again, so, so sorry. God, so sorry. Yeah.